Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris down at the beach. It's raining again, which is pretty funny. And the sun's up, and uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to get absolutely saturated down here this morning. But anyway, uh, it's warm enough, so the rain is warm. It's a really, really deep sea fog, and uh, that makes the morning spectacular. It makes it so beautiful and calm. So, one of the things that happens to us when we get locked down with a COVID or we get locked down with work is the energy in our body starts to build up just like it would understandably in a pressure cooker. And a lot of people talk about going to the gym to blow away a bit of energy. And as an inner wealthian, if you want to call it that, I would say that's a really, really, really sad uh, metaphor to blow away energy, to burn off some energy at the gym. Think about it. You eat? What for? To build energy. You work, what for? To direct that energy into dollars and cents. You love, what for? To share that energy in the form of kindness and whatever. You exercise, what for? In order to have a nervous system strong enough to convey and hold on to and transmit that energy. You have a social network, friends, uh, business acquaintances. What for? To network and create a, a wiring diagram, if you want to call it that, of your energy with other people's energy merging in a, a lattice to create something bigger than you as an individual, a purpose bigger than you. So why, at the end of the day, would you go to a gym to burn it off? Why would you go to yoga to calm it down? Why? Would we do such a thing when we've spent so much effort to build so much beautiful, beautiful energy? Why? The answer is because we forgot that we have a vision. If you have a vision upon your wall, you have a dream board, you have your purpose bigger than you, you have affirmations that connect you to that vision and remind you of the power that you've been gifted with. If you have seven goals that align with that purpose, every ounce of energy that you can direct towards the future into that purpose and vision builds the 
future. So instead of colliding with the future accidentally, you deliberately find your inspiration. And that is a perpetual motion machine where you say, I've done the exercise today, and you sit down and you direct your energy into your vision, inspiration, and purpose. You direct it into that. And it builds up energy and makes you feel energized and puts a smile on your dial and puts breath in your lungs and puts vitality in your organs, irrespective of your age. And if you start worrying about yesterday, last year, worrying about what you missed because of the weather, or worried about what could have been, if you should have been, if you would have been, and if you spend that energy, then it turns into poison, and then you've got to go to a gym, or to a pub, or somewhere else to burn off, not the energy, but burn off the waste from that energy. Burning off the waste, burning off the poison from dwelling in the unchangeable. Dwelling in the unchangeable is like poison to the soul. It's poison to the body. It's poison and it ages us. So the reason we eat, sleep, shit, work, play, kiss, love, walk, do podcasts, listen to podcasts, is to build that energy. And that energy is the, for the purpose of directing it into the things we want to create, manifest, build, love, the future. All eyes, all animal eyes, all human eyes are turned to the future. You want a dog to do something, hold a bone in your hand, and its future becomes clear and it becomes obedient. If you want to be somebody's puppet, you become an immediate animal with a bone held out in front of it, the promise of something by somebody. But if you really want to be a human being, become self-reliant. And that bone becomes your vision, inspiration, and your purpose in life. When I was 17 years old, which is going back a few years, I became addicted to the idea that the world was polluted and that if we continued along that path, pollution, the world would not exist for those of us who lived into the future of it. I became obsessed with building a different future for the planet. Paul Ehrlich wrote a book, Ecology, 
and I followed that book to the letter where he described a growing population across the planet that would not be able to feed or house itself. He predicted, in a way, a pandemic. I built from that an air pollution control business where I supplied machinery to stop the pollution, at least in the atmosphere, that was destroying humanity and destroying nature, my love of nature. was unbelievable. And I built a very big business. But one day I woke up and I looked ahead and I thought, this business that I built doesn't actually stop pollution because the pollution I'm fighting belongs in the heart and mind of the people who bought the equipment leadership and management throughout the world made decisions that impacted and impacted heavily air pollution and I was just a victim like I described before a dog with a bone and the bone was held by leaders and managers throughout the world so I flipped went back to uni to fight the real pollution Very blokey morning down here at Wanda. So, I started to fight the real pollution, which is in the hearts of human beings, that they would do unkind acts to each other and to nature. And I became a professional speaker, running around the world, telling the world, how to change itself. And then the World Trade Center came down after 20 years of doing that and I realized that telling people how to live their lives but not being around to help them implement that change was actually spreading another different form of pollution, some form of righteousness or polarity or a stand, a position, an opinion, spreading an opinion far and wide is just another form of pollution and so I stopped especially after the World Trade Center came round came down and I realized that I was just another form of terrorist on the planet spreading words in a books and spreading words on stage but not being around to implement change in the real world and I became an executive coach and I never realized how hard this job would be because I never realized how hard it is to make change in an in a an existing pre-existing infrastructure that if you tell someone at work change they jump up and down and go I'm going to change they're going to follow you Chris I'm going to do exactly what you say but then they have to negotiate that change at home they have to negotiate it with parents even though the parents are in their 60s and 70s and out of touch they're still these people I work with are still obedient to family traditions and family cultures and family expectations. And so I never realized it would be so hard because I didn't have a family and I didn't have 
uh, an ob obedience to a family culture. I didn't have loyalty to a parent or any such thing. Uh, they were gone. My kids were gone. And my need for a family structure was gone. And so, in a way, the real wake-up call for me was realizing that change is harder than you think. Philosophy is a shit if you can't have help implementing it. Even if it's a philosophy as simple and as powerful and as, and as uh, transparent as nature itself. So it's all been a build and it's all good. And pollution will exist until, from now until the end of humanity. It's simply the pollution inside our hearts where we get angry or disappointed or frustrated or anxious or uh, uh, um, impatient or jealous or greedy. This pollution we can do something about, each of us, one by one. And we can implement it with help, one by one. And in doing that, make this world a more livable future for the people who follow us. So next time you think about going to the gym or going for a run to burn off energy that's stuck in your body, think vision, inspiration and purpose. Sit down quietly and direct your energy to where you've forgotten because that's what it's for, not for burning off. Have a beautiful day. Bye for now.